Hello, friend. Come on in. Oh, yes, I'm sure you're very eager to know if Wayland is alive or not. If you've been paying attention to the mechanics, of course Wayland is alive. And if you're an avid storyteller, or an avid story reader, you know that the story is continuing. And so... Yes, I already have the page open. Officer Nightingale made sure that the book was in front of me and ready to go. And Officer Keith has my tea ready. But before we do that, I do need to clear some things up. Evan, it hasn't been explicitly explained. We all know that when I offer you hero points based off of your angie moods, that's Jonah taking over. That's Jonah's influence through your gift. And that's not Jesse acting, which is how you've avoided corruption, because it is, in fact, Jonah acting through you and not you, Jesse, doing these actions. Is Jonah still with you when you wake up? How does all of that work? Yeah, I see it as a vial, and the vial is filling up with all of this Jonah stuff. And when it starts overflowing, it's in those times where Jonah is the closest. Anytime that Jesse falls unconscious, gets capped, that's when he's like, ooh, dead, gone, adios, sayonara, punks. And then he wakes up like a reset where he's back to his clear-headed Jesse self. It's like a small tether and then it recedes. Kind of like the tide. So there's no influence when you wake up? Oh, I mean, there's always influence, but it's at its lowest. Yes, okay. So Jesse is never free from the influence, but Jonah is closer when Jesse loses control of his emotions. Specifically, when Jesse is angry or loses his cool. Evan and I previously worked that out, and we realized that we hadn't told all of you, which is important to know moving forward. So that's the rub there. Any hoozles, I've talked enough. Let's get back to the story. <clears throat> Article 21. The Ties That Bind It has been three days since La Rosa Blanca docked at Lunaro Island. What's the name of this island? Lunaro. How do you spell that? L-U-N-A-R-O. Yeah, I realized we definitely didn't ask her what the name of the island was. I didn't think the island had a name. The fact that it is when viewed from above or mapped out, it is three moons. So, there's that. We begin as we ended, in black silence. For a long span of seconds, that's all there is. And then, you begin to hear the faint notes of some kind of strange tune. It is distant, but over time, there are voices, all faint at first, and growing steadily louder the longer we listen. And then the black begins to lighten. We start to see deep gray into lighter gray, and then slits appear horizontally across the screen, as if we are opening our eyes. Jesse. You begin to awaken. The first thing that comes into your view 
are the colorful silks that hang above your canopy bed. The reds and golds, the autumnal tones of Castile, of your mother. And then as you begin to focus, those voices that you heard singing start to dim. The tune begins to fade away, and it is instead replaced by the chirruping of Luciana. She is sitting upon one of the living branches that now encompass the windows of your captain's quarters, from when Wayland had healed the ship. And she is watching the strange Aurora Borealis dance across Lunaro's sky. Hi, Lucy. She stops her twittering, hops to turn and face you, flips up her feathers, and chirrups delightfully to see that you're awake. Come here, little one. He puts his sand out. Flies right over. Sits down. He pets her little feathers with his thumb. She is delighted. She is happy to receive scritches. I'm sorry if I worried you. She tilts her head left and then shakes it left and right. <laughs> All right, well, get comfy. He puts her up on his head. You feel the tiniest little weight as she turns a cowlick in your hair into a little nest. His hair is very fluffy. He looks out of the windows. What time of the day is it? This is below the cliffs, so you can't tell what time of day it is because of the weird lighting that's happening outside, which is kind of casting the room in that strange aquarium feel. The waviness and the duller, deeper blues. And you're alone, other than Luciana. There is a cup of water by your bed and a note in large script that says, drink me when you wake up, dash K. He chuckles and chucks the class, and then he probably chokes. <laughs> it's water, but it's tangy. A good old white rose tap water. And he begrudgingly drinks it a little slower. Gets up and he stretches and cracks all the bones. <sighs> Are all of my dramatic wounds gone? Yes. He's a healthy boy. How quiet is the ship right now? It's around like that nighttime quiet where very few people are actually on the deck or moving about. The ship is rocking in harbor as it normally does, but there aren't a lot of bodies out. You don't hear a lot of voices outside your door. You look out your window and there's nobody on the beach or on the little dock. It seems like you're utterly alone. He sends Lucy up to her little hole in the wall to get all cozy and comfy and to head to bed. She keeps shoving her beak into her feathers and every once in a while she'll jerk her head up and, oh god, I totally wasn't falling asleep. It's fine. I'm, I'm awake. Don't worry, dad. I'm here. I'm here. I'm awake, dad. It's fine. He's like, no, it is bedtime for you, little one. She chirrups in soft protest, but eventually goes to bed. But cannot protest no more. <laughs> yes. And he sits back down. Bramble and his pistol and his belt are sitting on the table and he's eyeing it. On the table, the camera zooms in a little bit and we see the shattered remains of the glass. And we also see red blood. There is a knock on your door. 
Yes. Somebody, Captain. Agnes says. He opens one door. When you open the door, she looks past you. Agnes. Whenever you've seen Agnes, she's always looked older than she is. A lot more mature. She always carries herself with grace and a little bit of power behind her steps, even though she's young. She's only 17 years old. This is the first time you've ever seen Agnes unnerved. She looks like a little kid who heard something terrifying and has no choice but to go investigate it herself and has realized that there's nothing there, but she doesn't feel safe anyway. What is it? What's the matter? She's rubbing one of her arms as if she's cold. Her back foot is behind her. She looks like she's ready to bolt at any minute. Agnes? Jesse takes off his left glove and places his hand on her cheek. Are you all right? Her brain was somewhere else and she physically flinches from the touch and goes stiff really quick. Sorry. I don't like to be touched. Uh, my apologies. Captain, there's something. Can I talk to you? Of course. You can tell me anything. She motions for you to come down to her. He steps out and closes the door and kneels down. What is it? Captain, I felt like this once before when they took my coat. <sighs> This island is overflowing with energy, and whatever you are feeling, I'm sure it will pass. If you say so. Do you know what time it is? Couldn't tell you. It's hard to see. We won't be here for that much longer. Agnes keeps looking past you, as if she's trying to see through your door. Any word of Wayland? No. Mama Coco left to go find him. She went alone? Aye, sir. D did she say where? In between her words, she looks at you and then continues to look at your door as if she's expecting something. Mama Coco took a boat. Ah, oh, shit. Elliot said something about caves. <sighs> the swamp. Agnes continues to stare holes in your door. All right. I need to go looking for them. Alone? <laughs> yes, alone. Agnes hasn't blinked in the past two minutes. You do have... My permission. Not comfortable up there. What would make you more comfortable? Agnes takes a deep breath in and blinks, as though your question has just jarred her from whatever she was thinking about and brought her back to reality, and then finally looks you in the eyes. Comfortable in the water. Jesse, I want to go in the sea, but I'm afraid I won't come back. Why do you say that? There's a real and true fear behind Agnes's eyes, as well as clear frustration in her brow. <sighs> How to explain it? Whenever I put him a coat, I... I'm me. What you see in front of you... is not... It is, but... It's like another coat. A coat that I wear just to be around you. I'm free when I'm in the ocean. But every time I'm me, I forget. I don't want to forget. But I want to be free. But I like it here. And she leans forward and puts her forehead on your shoulder. She doesn't hug you, but she's close enough to you to whisper, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here. On this island? <laughs> no, you itchy. Here. He nods and slowly 
goes in to give her a hug. She lets you. I understand, Les. Agnes's hair looks viciously curly, like a tangle of strands. Merida is envious of her. But as you hug her, they're extremely soft. And they smell deeply of the ocean, with a faint hint of gunpowder. <laughs> You've been spending some time with Jory, eh? She nudges your shoulder hard with her head. <laughs> I like him too. Can I help? You're the only one who can. Do you need my permission to swim? I need an order, sir. Is that what you want? She leans back and looks at you. It's not about what I want. It's about what I need. And I need a reason. We fae don't exist without purpose. The charter lets me know that I'm needed. But for once, I'd want to know if I was wanted. To... He has a smile on his face, but it's that really melancholy smile. Yes, he nods slowly. Look, you are a vital part of this crew and this family, and I hope to prove that to you soon. I know that words are not as meaningful, but to begin letting you know how wanted you are, I feel like it starts with the words. I. I. What are your orders, Captain? I want you to do whatever you need to to make yourself comfortable. There's a feeling of satisfaction as you say those words and a sense of duty, almost as if there's a binding happening between the both of you through the command. But do not go far from me. And you feel it all the way from the back of your head, through your chest, through your heart, down to your feet. Do not go far from us, from the rose. And you feel it all the way through the main deck and the gun deck and the bilge and the sails and the ropes and the anchor and the windows and the railings, everything. And you feel a fulfillment of purpose. It's as though you could have gone anywhere you wanted, but now you have a reason to come back. And then you're back in the moment. And Magnus nods her head. By your will, Captain. Walks over to the forecastle, flips something small into the air, and leaps off. And there's a splash, and then nothing. Let us transition. And I kind of want to go into the writer's room for like five minutes, because I want to talk about the fate for La Rosa Blanca. And what I mean by that is the virtue in Hubris, because she has one now. Yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. Okay. So, there's one in the core rulebook that was drawing my attention. The sun. Virtue. Glorious. Activate your virtue when you are the center of attention. For the next risk, when you determine raises, every die counts as a raise. Hubris. Proud. You receive a hero point when your hero refuses an offer of aid. For example, if a hero tries to spend a hero point to give you bonus dice, you turn them down. Oh, we, yeah, we do that a lot. Yep. You guys do do that a lot. We do that all the time. In fact, I'm pretty sure Jesse's always like, fuck Wayland. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, it's always because he has so many dice. Yeah, there have been a couple times where it's been the reverse, too. I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. I think Jesse and Wayland are both glorious and proud. Mm-hmm. We're weird lions. <laughs> yeah. We are weird lions. I think that fits, honestly. I like that a lot. Not the sun. I'm going to call it the rose. I do like glorious and proud, though. Because the rose is pretty glorious. Yeah, I like that. And we're done, guys. Faster than normal. Faster than normal. I will say that in the hands, Elliot's advantages are there, as well as his arcana. Elliot has the explorer, which is brave, which is during the risk, your tens explode. And if something else causes your tens to explode, your nines explode too. His hubris is curious. The GM receives a danger point when Elliot investigates something unusual and it gets him or his allies into trouble. This sounds so familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Cosette's arcana is there as well. Hers is the coffer. Generous. The hero who activates this virtue may re-roll any number of dice in a risk or sequence they are involved in. Yeah. And her hubris is meager. The GM receives a danger point when Cosette withholds information and sharing it would be to her and her crew's benefit. And then Charles is the guard dog. Loyal. Charles refuses to leave a wounded ally or fallen friend behind. Any NPC who would be due to consequences in a risk or sequence is rescued by Charles. Unregulated. The GM receives the danger point when Charles goes against the order of someone in a position of authority. Yeah, that tracks. It sounds familiar. And then Mama Coco's is the fisherman. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Humble. The GM rolls dice for an action sequence or risk Mama Coco is involved in. One villain or monster loses half their raises. Holy shit. Oh, it gets better. All heroes in that scene gain as many raises as that villain monster lost. Holy shit. That's wild. But her hubris is stubborn. The GM receives a danger point when Mama Coco puts her foot down on a subject and it causes trouble for the heroes. Also sounds familiar. So yes, they are there, and you can activate them, I can activate them. It all depends on what you want. Ready? We certainly are. As we transition away from the ship, we dissolve into black. Wayland, you hear voices calling from somewhere far away. Distant echoes. Can't make up what they're saying. You hear these voices. And it is feminine. Appears to be some sort of tune. Begin to focus on them. They are getting louder. And you realize it's a song. But it's none that you know. And the words are strange. Definitely not anything you've heard before. As you're focusing and listening to those words, you open your eyes. It's very hazy, very weary, almost as if the world is rendering. And you see these tendrils. You blink a couple of times and focus in. There are vines, not snakes, (laughs) vines. And hanging down from them is this sort of lichen this sort of moss. So you can just faintly see rays of deep sunlight through the canopy. 
you feel like you're floating and you hear water splashing and you hear that song more clearly. And as you're looking around, you see it's Mama Coco and she's humming a song. I think Wayland locks eyes with Mama Coco. The world violently shifts. And the moment that Wayland can reach out to touch the edge of the rowboat, he pulls himself through the pain over the edge and just violently wretches into the swamp. That's when the smell greets you. <clears throat> A wet musk of decay of leaves of water of wood and of frogs that deep swampy smell hits you as we live in new england that smell is very familiar we know what that smell is mm-hmm. ah there he is Ferrison. in the flesh oh Everything feels like it's on fire. Take a breather. Relax a bit. Am I dead? And if so, why are you the ferryman? (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful that you are, but ho. You're gonna need to pay me more than coin if I'm the ferryman. (laughs) Oh, this needs to stop. This very much needs to stop. I kind of want to know where you got the carrots. Oh, there were <laughs> carrots. It's been months. Why are there... <laughs> Why is it always carrots? <laughs> <laughs> Lean backwards and the boat rocks. Watch it. Send us over. No, trust me. I don't want to do that. No rocking. Supporting himself on one of the benches and just gets into an upright position, rests his head against one of her legs. There's another person here. There's a comfort in that. And it's Mama Coco. Just like, hey, I don't feel good, Mom. (laughs) Mom. Wayland, if you puke on my lap, I'm going to be very upset with you. I wouldn't dream of it. Every once in a while, a couple of drips of water from the oar will fall on you. It is a welcome reprieve, honestly, whenever that happens. Wayland's head is pounding. His whole body is pounding. From this angle, lying your head in Mama Coco's lap, looking up as a streak of sunlight passes over the boat, you can see very clearly the scars on her neck. They go all the way from the shallow dip of her collarbone to just below her chin. In neat little rows of pinpricks. Almost as if it's like a tattoo. There's a small bit of guilt that washes over Waylon's face as he looks at that. Winces almost. Sympathetic pain. But then to anybody looking, that might also just be the potential bruised everything that is currently Wayland's existence. After a little while of rowing, Mama Coco smiles. I can feel you staring. It only hurts when it rains now. I can always tell when a 
bad storm is coming. I get a little choked up. I was nineteen years old when they came to my little fishing village and took all of us. I was supposed to leave that morning on my own little boat and go live my own life until they took that from me. Started off with a metal necklace. I was young, and I tried to fight back. And when you fight back, they make it worse. As you can see, I was very stubborn. And so they took me to Fort Freedom to be broken like an unruly stallion. And I wore that fucking collar for 26 years. It got bad, and when I was at the end of my rope, when I thought I couldn't take no more, I asked for help. Now where I come from, there aren't any gods. We don't believe in a higher power. But I asked anyway, hoping and praying that someone would hear me. And Agwe did. He asked me what I wanted. I said freedom. He said there's a cost. And I told him that I would give him anything to be free again. What did you give? She looks down at you. And for the first time, you realize her eyes are white because she's blind. I told Agwe for as long as I lived, I never wanted to see evil like that again. He took it literally. He did. But I didn't need them anyway. Can see the world about as clearly as you can. With your eagle eyes. How? Growing up a fisherman's daughter, I had a knack for seeing the world without using my sight. It's amazing what you can see when you close your eyes. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, there are days where it would be useful, but I make do. Uh, I'm sorry. Save your apology for when you've actually wronged me. Besides, I don't miss it. I can feel things, smell things, hear things, a lot of people can't. And because of that... Mama Coco stops rowing and puts the oar in the boat and angles her face to look down at you, and all of the mirth is gone. I heard almost everything you said in the bucket of blood, regardless of the storm outside. I heard that woman call you Samuel. Waylon's chest tightens, eyes go wide. Ah... That you did. That you did. You're probably wondering why I didn't put a bullet in you, or get you outside the bucket afterwards, for what you did to Jesse. Agwe told me that one day I would see a man who has two souls. And when I first lay eye on you, she smirks at her own joke, just briefly. That's what I saw. A man in conflict. 
with himself. And so I watched in my own way and waited, patient as ever, to see which way you were gonna go, to see which soul you were. And what have you seen? I see a ghost in the mist, trying to convince itself it doesn't exist. Blaylon's heart sinks. I told myself Sam Flint was dead. Sam Flint is dead. Mama Coco taps your chest three times, right over the bullet wound that killed Samuel Flint. Now I need you to listen to me very carefully. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and you need to answer me truthfully, aye? What name do you introduce yourself as? Wayland's brow furrows, and then eyebrows kind of raise a little bit. Wayland Greywall. And what name did you give when you signed the chatter? Wayland Greywall. And what name are they gonna carve on your gravestone when you die? That memory of how name magic works floods back into Wayland's head, and he's staring at her, understanding. And after a long pause, Wayland Greywall. Perhaps it's the swamp lights that are dotted around you. Perhaps it's the mire gases. Or perhaps it's something else. But you see a flash of silver reflected in Mama Coco's eyes when you say your name a third time. Glow, almost a flash, crosses Wayland's gold eyes and is gone. Mama Coco smiles down at you, a genuinely proud smile and lightly pats your chest. Then that's who you are. So you've known since that day? I've technically known since I was 24, and as you can tell, I'm at least twice dead. She gives you a full toothy smile and winks. Ugly. Nah, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but when you die, you leave a lot behind. Including anything left undone. Right. He doesn't look at her. His eyes kind of drift off into the swamp. You said you were 19. I was five. I grew up orphaned, Avalon. And I don't know if they were just casting a wide net or if they knew before I did. But they look for folk who can use sorcery. And me and a number of uh, my friends, they found us. And they put us on a ship bound for somewhere. I never knew what you did. I never experienced anything like that. I got lucky. We were rescued not too shortly afterwards, but uh, I guess it doesn't matter. You know, you make decisions in your life. And you think about all the things that led to those decisions. 
mistakes made. Dreadful mistakes. Wayland, we all make mistakes. Every single one of us. It's what you do after you make the mistake that counts. We fail forward. Aye? Aye. I feel like I do a lot of that. But you always keep moving, don't you? You don't let anything stop you. Which is a good quality to have when you constantly find yourself hitting a wall. <laughs> Eventually, your stubbornness will break to it. And she picks up the oar and begins to row again. Where are we? The good news is that we're still on the island. The bad news is that we in the swamp. A place that even Jesse's mother couldn't chat. But I had a funny feeling that this is where you were. A place where you're not supposed to be. Right. I know I get into trouble a lot, but I feel like Jesse does too. I swear, you two are like children with the amount of trouble you get yourselves into. <laughs> and then the ore sounds like it's going through water, and then it sounds heavier. Ah, and now comes the tricky part. Waylon perks up a bit, sits up properly. You can feel something underneath the boat sliding, as if you're going through thick lily pads or something like that. And you look... And you are, in fact, going through this large patch of moss that's just kind of floating on top of the water. Mama Coco's running the oar through, and as she does, the moss is sticking to the bottom of the oar. It's getting heavier for her. Okay, alright. Wait, hang on, hang on. Let me... Can I... Do you got another? To your left. Alright. And sure as Mama Coco's blind, there is an oar to your left. Yep, I'll grab it and start trying to make any progress and also take the ore and try and scrape some of the moss off of the other one and trying to shake it loose. What are we getting stuck on? I don't know. This is the most stubborn pond scum I've ever encountered. There's a time and a place to be stubborn and now is not. Help me get it off the ore. As you're scraping it off, a bit of it falls in the boat. And then it... Like an inchworm. Inches off the boat. Ha! Ha! What's the matter? That's alive. What's alive? The, the pond. The, the... Use your words, Wayland. The swamp is alive. The swamp scum is alive. It's probably some snake or something. Let me see. She grabs the oar and touches the end of it, and the scum curls and wraps around her hand. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'll just like try to like grab it and chuck it. When you yank, it yanks Mama Coco's hand as well because it's attached itself to her. Ow! Hang on. And then you notice that the ones on your oar are slowly getting closer to you. <laughs> oh, God. And you notice as you're looking around the boat that the moss is slowly encroaching in on the boat. Oh, that's not good. I think the moss is trying to eat us. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, me too. This is not good. This is, I don't, I have nothing for this. I've, do you have fire? Do you have a torch? <laughs> That's very funny. That's a funny joke. You might want to tell Klaus that one when we get back about how the blind woman carries a freaking torch, Waylon. Ferrisen? 
I don't know, check the boat. Okay, cool. I'm gonna grab the torch and just touch the torch to the stuff that's on her hand. It screeches. Very uncomfortable noise. Oh, oh, that is the worst sound. And then it lets go and goes away. And there's a sucker mark with several tiny pinhole teeth on her hand. Yeah, we're going to have Klaus take a look at that. I'm going to grab my oar. I'm going to hold it out and burn the ones off of the oar. They screech and then fall into the water and make terrible noises as they do. Anything that's in the boat is crawling out of the boat now. And the moss is slowly receding away. Okay. Is it gone? For the most part at the moment. Are you alright? Yeah, it just stings a little bit. I'll be alright. Wayland, as she moves to row, you see behind her this looming shape just rising up out of the swamp. This extra large leached moss thing with several rows of circular teeth that are opening up. Ferrison? She looks at you deadpan, Waylon, and stops rowing. Let me guess. There's a big one behind us. Hmm. Keep rowing, okay? Row faster. As fast as you possibly can. Oh, you better hold on to your sweet Avalonian ass, because I'm going to row so fast. And that's where we're going to cut away to Jesse. He's going to head to the cabin real quick. Jesse, you don't see Sedona outside tending to the roses. When you walk in the house, you don't see her sitting at her chair looking at maps, which means today is a rough day. She's in the bedroom. The door is closed, but unfortunately it cannot actually close, thanks to Waylon shooting the lock. And he's going to knock on the door. You hear a faint call from the other side. Sounded like she said, come in. Jesse, you walk in and your mother is propped up against the headboard, looking very tired. Hola, mijo. How are you feeling? Tired. What about you? Am I right? He looks down at his arms and his hands and at his chest. I just wanted to return something real quick. And he pulls off the coat going to go over to the mannequin, smile, and replace it. It's not my time for this. Not yet. It was folded up neatly next to the mannequin. He's going to slip his arms into the kind of raggedy, dirty coat that he's been wearing for a while. Any tears that were there have embroidered stitches. They're very nice and precise and neat. And they look like little rose vines little thorns and every once in a while near a big patch or a big tear out there's an embroidered white rose patch in the size of like a little bud or an actual blooming rose or various sizes i see you fixed it up a bit see i find that i have a lot of time to do so and i cannot let my son go out looking like a brigand that's understandable is it too tight around the cuffs, mijo. I can fix it for you. I just do not feel like the business with this coat I have is done yet. I see. 
in your own time, Mio. Yeah. Jesse, is everything alright? I have to find Wayland. See, si. your quartermaster came up and asked me about the caves. I know that all the water here ends up in the swamp. If he ended up anywhere, it's probably there. Thank you. I'll be back in a little bit. Jesse, be safe, alright? Yeah, sorry for bothering you. Miho, never, never apologize for that. Oh, if you see any moss that moves, slap it really hard. Trust me. Okay. I love you. And I love you, Miho. Always. And he's gonna close the door behind him. Just kind of run his hands over the wood again and adjust it and nods and heads out the cabin. You head out the cabin. It's pretty easy to get to the swamp from here. It's just a quick jaunt across the way. The mountain isn't that big. It's one of those optical illusions that it looks a lot bigger than it is. One of the tricks of the island. And before you know it, you're in the swamp. You can smell it before you really see it. Canopy mangroves and these dead trees, big mounds of murk. You hear faintly in the distance is Waylon's panicked voice and Mama Coco's raised voice, but not panicked. Well, that was not as hard as I was expecting. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, Waylon, Mama Coco, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm coming. Yeah, I know. I heard already. Yep. So, this is going to be an action sequence for Wayland and a risk for Jesse. Let's get some dice out, guys. All right. How to approach this? Oh, God. My approach is just. Getting to Waylon and Mama Coco? Yes. Honestly, I think in this scenario, it's probably weaponry for skill. You do have your hook staff. And either brawn or resolve. Both are the same. Resolve would be... Yeah, I mean, these things are kind of terrifying, but compared to the Kraken, they're not anywhere near that. I'm thinking brawn. You're just going to beat these things up. Yeah. Yeah, so brawn and weaponry. That sounds great. Gather whatever dice that is and any extras you have. Jesse, how are you approaching the bad swamp, which you were told not to go to? You said the trees are dead. How close are they together? They're typical like New England swamp. They're dotted throughout, but the more you go in, the thicker they are and they begin to turn into mangroves. So they're pretty sparse at the beginning, but you can leap to them. Yeah, I think I'm going to do finesse and athletics. I think he's going to try and do what he did in Makaro and try and make his way through the trees. Maybe swing a little bit. Like that? He's going to do whatever he can to avoid the water. You definitely should avoid the water. Absolutely. I also think he probably would have brought a length of rope with him. He's got it wrapped around him like a bandolier just to have because he think he might need it. So... Finesse and athletics. Sounds good. Gather up those dice. All right, so I've got four dice so far. Mm-hmm. 
And then two for flare, no two. Yep, both of you take two for flare. Beauteous. Once again, I will ask, how do you feel about Jesse and Sea Legs? He's moved through the trees. Technically not on a ship, and you're not up in the trees this time. You're on the ground darting around in the swamp. The swamp is connected to the ocean. Yeah, I don't think so. Not this time. Okay. Since I am on a ship. <laughs> I don't know if it counts for a rowboat, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> is an action sequence considered a risk? Yes. She likes, while aboard a ship, pressure's footing never affects you. Plus one bonus die on any physical risk while aboard a ship at sea. Engaging in a sword fight on a ship deck, climbing through the rigging during a storm. So no, Wayland, a rowboat on the swamp does not count. That's fair. <laughs> now, how many folks have seen this swamp and these mossy boys? I could count on one hand how many. I'm going to take a hero point for that. Yes, please do. Yeah, I don't think I got anything else. And I cannot imagine how, in this moment, either Jesse or Wayland are going to help each other. I have five hero points. Five hero points. Holy fuck. Oh, me. Yep. Uh, you keep the hero points from last session. Well, so it started with two. One for Explorer. One for Bitterness. And then from Lost Soul, from Preventing Sedona. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I used all of my hero points last session. Because I didn't have any marks down on my sheet. You were blowing through your hero points like candy. So you you have the one. Unless you have Valiant Spirit, in which you have two. Which I think... Don't you have Valiant Spirit? Yep, you have Valiant Spirit. So I think I've got two, unless that hero point you gave me for the joke at the very beginning. Of the no, that counts. Point. All right, cool. I've got three. <laughs> I've always held the personal GM rule in any game that I run, that if you make me laugh so hard that I forget to breathe, you get a hero point. <laughs> Did you jokingly give me one for... You got one, too, yeah. Yes. 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 You both got a hero point for that because you kept making me laugh. I couldn't breathe, guys. <laughs> when you stop the game due to laughter, I give you a hero point. <laughs> for my notes, plus one hero point for Reverend Jonah. So that's six hero points. Okay. Jesse, Swamp, why did it have to be Swamp? Uh, swamp, why did it have to be Swamp? That is your risk. That's what I've called it. You are using finesse and athletics, and your consequences on the scene are you awaken the walkers. Oh, no. Your opportunity on the scene is you awaken the guardian. By darting around and dipping things, you are going to wake things up because you're disturbing them. Wayland, your action sequence is leeches. Why did it have to be leeches? You're using brawn and weaponry. Your consequences are that Mama Coco gets knocked out of the boat in the leech-infested water, which will make her helpless immediately. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Mm -mm. Your opportunities are wet powder pouch? Question mark? Ooh. You guys aren't going to spend hero points to... I don't know how we could. You can still spend hero points to grant yourself dice. It just only grants one instead of three. I will spend one hero point to give myself an extra. Okay. Jesse? Well, I don't have anything else to use them on. Well, you can use them on your sorcery. Yeah, but nothing of that is 
not swamp based. It's all like big things or breathe underwater or it's fine. I'll be part of the action sequence soon enough. You got your dice? Yes, I got my dice. Okay, time to roll the bones. All right, and let's go. Hey, that's pretty good. We got two tens so far. Only two? Well, two tens on the die. Two raises. Two raises. Two, two, two. Lots of twos. Uh, Oh, and a six. So... Ooh. We got four raises and we got two left over. Two left over. Got a six and a two, which makes eight. That's not ten. Oh boy. That's not a ten. We got we got two nines, two twos, two tens, a six and a two. Okay, I will buy one of those remainders. Oh, okay. I will go up to three danger. Danger, danger. Evan. I have four and one remainder. I will buy it. Go up to four. Grab you a hero point. You're now at seven hero points. This is stupid. I need to find shit for me to use zero points for because this is absurd. <laughs> do you have advantages that say spend a hero point, do a thing? Yeah, but it's like Adabian Traveler, Disarming Smile. The disarming Smile won't help you here. Yeah, no. And I have second story work, and that'll help. I have an honest misunderstanding and indomitable will, but this isn't really social moss. Yeah, <laughs> you have a lot of uh, social things. So I have a lot of useless hero points. How about this? We are in an uncharted part of the island. I will take a page from the dramatic sequence and say, if you spend a hero point, you can establish something cool. Ooh. What? constitutes something cool. Whatever you want. This is a swamp? Yeah, I'll spend that seventh hero point. Seventh hero point? I'm gonna take a page out of Valheim's book. This swamp is rainy, and there are dilapidated buildings that are all over the place. And there are spooky shadows moving between all of them. A shadow will move from one dilapidated building to another every minute. Okay. It's like the consistency of shooting stars, but shadows. There's movement all over the place. Is it always like out of the corner of your eye, never looking directly at it kind of deal? No. Oh. Oh, God. No, it, you can be looking at one of the buildings and you'll see for a moment a shadow. You might see a face. You might see the figure of a person, maybe an animal. Oh, God. Okay. I love it. Oh, boy. Holy cably. Oh, I still have six hero points. I can establish six more cool things. You can if you really want to. Absolutely. Make this the craziest fucking expanse ever. The big leech is a rank three monster. So it takes three wounds and then a dramatic wound and then three wounds and a dramatic wound and then three more wounds and a dramatic wound before it is dead. We're going to start with Jesse at the highest initiative of four. Jesse. Yep, that's me. You can hear them. They are just beyond those mangroves. But between you and those mangroves is a thick, and I don't mean the good kind, of swamp. It is nasty. If you step foot in this water, 
the mud will swallow you and sink you down into God knows how deep it is. It's that muck that's covered in what looks to be like water, but is only two or three inches, and then it's just mud. Quick mud. It's like when low tide in the channels there. That's what you're dealing with. And there are mounds of grass that have stood up and they dot in between along with a bunch of dead trees. Okay. I am going to spend a hero point and from the base of one of the thinner trees, he's going to grab it and just pull it, snap it with his big bad arm. And he's going to run up to the top of one of the hills and he's going to run and I'm going to spend another hero point for second story work and he's going to jam it down into the swamp and he's going to push himself off and vault into the trees on the other side. Nice. I will allow second story work if you vault into one of those dilapidated buildings because it's supposed to be a place you're not supposed to be. And yes, while the swamp is in general, you've also established that there are dilapidated buildings here. Sure, yeah, he'll hop onto the roof of one of them. I'm going to spend a danger point. The roof gives way and you land inside one of these buildings. And it's... The floor catches you. The floor doesn't give way when you land in there. There is something in there with you. Great, I'm going to use another hero point and second story work again to get back up top. What I'm establishing here is that there is either a walker in this house or a guardian in this house. There are consequences and opportunities here that you can spend raises on. Okay. Yeah, I will spend two of my raises to awaken the lovely guardian that is hanging out in there. Alrighty. We'll crash down. Uh, sorry. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> there is a rattling rasp as this creature lifts up and slams down its claws to push itself up off the floor. And it turns its head to you. And it is a deer skull, but it has wolf teeth. And the bottom jaw opens up, and there are dim green lights in the sockets that light up. It opens its jaw and makes that rattly rasp. Like the death rattle? It's more wet. Great. <laughs> this is not a friend, is it? An opportunity. So it is a good thing for you. He stands up. I'm, I'm going to go. It's out and tries to find another way back to just keep moving. The thing follows you as you leave. Not right behind you, but the camera sees it poke its head out of the canopy draped door that was there that Jesse runs out through. And it follows after him and makes that rattly wet noise again. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> we can still hear Waylon and Mama Coco shouting in distress. The guardian seems to lift up its head, turn in that direction, and begin to slink and slither into the murk and vanish. That brings us to next in the initiative, which is Wayland. Oh boy. Hey, buddy. There is a big giant leech behind Mama Coco. And she's rowing as fast as she can. So Wayland is 
lit his staff, so he's got the torch in one hand and the staff in the other. I'll spend a raise to take the torch and chuck it into the open maw of the leech, and then I'll spend another raise to prevent Mama Coco from getting knocked off the boat. Okie dokes. I got you. Keep going. Test as you can. I end stopping. So you are going to deal two wounds to this thing because fire deals one extra damage. Fuck yeah. So that brings you down to two. It is then the leech's turn. I'm going to spend a danger point and one raise. Down to two danger points. The leech eats the torch chuck it in the open maw and it eats the torch and it makes this terrible nasty sound of shrieking metal and scraping bone and wet the and wet is the worst part of all of that it thrashes in the water kicking up a bunch of murk and muck and gross it gyrates like the whole form wiggles and it makes a retching noise and moss falls off of its body into the water and then they flip over and wiggle their way over to the boat. Okay, you think I just made it worse? There is now a tiny brute squad of three little leeches that are going to climb on the boat. Brute squad's just a bunch of goons or a bunch of mooks or a bunch of minions or whatever it is that you want to call them. They each take one hit and then they're dead unless they have a special ability, which these don't. These are just summoned from the big thing. But there's three of them, and they're going to deal their strength, which is three, because they are a strength-free root squad, in wounds to whomever they are closest to at the end of the round if they are not taken care of. Okay. They deal their damage at initiative zero, which will be three wounds. I'm trying to look at anything that I could use, like, my hero points for, and I got nothing without my weapons. So, Evan, same boat. Same boat, different swamp. Different Different boat, same same swamp. swamp. That then brings us to Threes, which is Mama Coco. Yeah. Waylon, as you're holding on to Mama Coco's shoulder, you feel around your waist a rope and quickly tied. You feel the knot at your back. And then you look back really quick and you see Mama Coco tying off that rope to the boat. Okay. Mokoko is going to spend all three of her raises. She has lifelined you. Right. So if the boat tips over, you're still going to be with the boat. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I should have done that. And then she continues to row. <laughs> Gotta get the fuck out of the swamp. And that brings us to twos. Jesse. As he's running through, every so often he's going to grab onto a tree and push himself off and grab onto another tree and then bring himself down. You see these stone effigies of deer, of wolves, of people, statues that are long crumbled and moss. Actual moss has grown over them and they're slick with rainwater, which is actually starting to drizzle right now as you're reaching the canopy. And you notice that these shadow creatures tend to linger and pass through these stone effigies whenever they're going anywhere, but they don't ever cross each other's. He sees these creatures and climbs up a little higher on one of the trees 
and lunges himself from one canopy to the next, just so that he's above them. And you get to the big mangrove canopy. Now, it is thick with vines, so it acts as a floor. You're maneuvering your way over, and you see in this expanse of deep water, you see Wayland and Mama Coco fighting this mossy leech. Just shook off a bunch of moss, and all that moss hit the water and flipped over and started to slither towards the boat. Mama Coco is rowing as fast as she can, but there's that thick patch of moss starting to encroach on the boat and slowing it down. So that's the scene that you've come up on. Great. Roll me. I know we're mid-risk, mid-action sequence, but roll me whatever approach you're going to use right now. Because I want you to be involved. I am very grateful for that. Be more dice this time. Finesse, which is three. Weaponry, which is two. Fencer gives me plus one for using a sword. Jesse takes a deep breath and jumps from the canopy and unsheaths Bramble as he's coming down. And he's going to take a slash at the leech friends disappear into the water. Take two for flare. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight dice. Do I have any other consequences or opportunities now that I'm in the action sequence? Yes, there is now a new consequence. Leeches swarm you. If you do not get out of the water by the time the round ends, you're going to take two dramatic wounds. And there is a new opportunity called Guardian Helper? Question mark? You can go ahead and activate that as well, now that Jesse has joined the action sequence. And if you're not spending hero points on yourself, roll the bones. Let's go. All right, what do you got? I've got five raises and one remainder. Fantastic. I will buy that remainder back up to three danger points. I'll take another hero point. All right, Jesse, initiative is five. It's up to you. So you dive into the water, slashing this thing. Remember that one raise is one wound, and that I have established that fire deals an extra wound to it. Great. I don't have any fire. So I'm going to spend a hero point to activate the West Wind Minor Gift. Jesse is breathing under the water, and he can see clearly as if he's on land. Yep. Tell me exactly what I see. So this swamp is like a bowl. Also, I want to know what it smells like. It smells... Dank? Yeah. It smells like decaying leaves, frogs... Wenge. Wenge, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely is this, Wenge. Is this, is this a peat bog? <laughs> Absolutely. It's gross. It's disgusting. Smells like mud. Like deep, deep, murky mud. 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 When you dip your hand in and you get out underneath and you pull all that stuff out and you... It is that under mud smell. Under mud. So you have five raises. What are you doing? Jesse is going to slash at any of the leeches that are going to attack them. He's going to try and kill them before they get to the surface. Okay. It's going to take three raises to get rid of all of them. Big ol' anime Betty's done. Three raises down. Boom. As Jesse splashes into the water... 
the leeches were just turning over to wriggle their way to the boat, and the splash sucks them back. Wayland, you just see this flash of blade out of the water as the leeches get splitly in half. Fruit ninja, but leech pirated. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, thank God. It's really worried the leeches had swords now. Wait, they got swords? No, it's Jesse. Jesse's a leech? That, no. We are at twos. It is the leech's turn. The leech is not very happy by being slashed at. Yeah, good. And seeing its children die. Jesse, since you're under the water, you see that the leech is way bigger than it is. Gross. Because leeches are gross, the tail turns to you. And there's a ring of teeth that opens up, and it hits you with that ring of teeth right in your chest. Oh, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to spend one danger point, going down to two again. It is going to deal two wounds and a dramatic wound. Oh, boy. All right. Big fan of that. It is attached. It is going to take one raise to break free of that... And I am also spending rays to do that as well, so it's down to one. Wayland or Jesse, you're both tied at two. Wayland first. I shall go, yeah. Wayland, you just saw the, the distinct colors of your captain's coat fly past the leech. The old coat. You see a bit of purple. And the tip of a sword rise up from the water and slash the baby leeches. And you also saw a wave form behind the leech and some bubbles come up. I, at one point, go instinctually to reach for my gun and then realize I just spent God knows how long in the swamp, so my powder is probably wet. Yes. I will put a raise towards wet powder pouch, question mark? So the powder that was in your gun, absolutely gone. Not only would it be wet if it was still there, your your pan is actually clean. 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 It's got that sandy, murky water on it. Your powder pouch, however, because you were smart and wrapped it in seal skin. Yes, I did. Powder inside is dry. Pouch is wet. We gotta get you a special pocket. Oh. Speed load. So you can spend a hero point to speed load your gun. Your gun will be loaded. It's gonna take one raise to shoot it and an extra raise for improvisation because it's not in your approach. Right. So I will spend the hero point to speed load, which is fine. That's good to know for next round. And I've got the one raise left. The leeches are swarming Jesse. You can also create an opportunity specifically for Jesse to activate. Oh, okay. Help a brother out. So my gun's loaded. Great. Wayland sees Jesse, looks up. The vines do the thing where they're looping up and around, so they're in that sort of U-shaped pattern. Mm-hmm. Wayland's going to slide the spear in his hand until he's just holding the end of it. And he's going to swing it up around and slice so that they all plop down into the water in front of Jesse. Jesse, because you can see clearly, you see these vines just lie down in the water next to you. So Wayland has created an opportunity for Jesse called Slingshot. So there's that, and you are down to zero races. 
You're back up to the highest initiative, which is two. Jesse. How many raises are required for Slingshot? You can spend a hero point to activate that. Well, since I have five, I'm going to do that. He's going to get like a little a little boost from the water like he did uh, fighting the Kraken. And it's going to push him up just enough to grab it. And on the way up, I'm going to spend two raises on Mama Leech as he's riding up and swipe at the leech. Got it. Big leech. One that's doing a big suck and a big bite. (laughs) The big suck. Grab that yank. It hoists you up as if there's somebody pulling you up as well. You get launched out of the water. As you do, you just slash in front of you. The thing retches and screeches and lets go, leaving a nice ring of teeth marks. There's a hole in your shirt right in the middle. So this is something we haven't established yet. Jesse has a two inch in diameter jade necklace. Looks like a jade ring. It missed that. It takes a piece of your shirt and you look down really quick and you still see the jade ring float up near your face. Also, fuck. Also, god damn it, I like this shirt. You get launched out into the boat. Superhero landing? Oh, no. (laughs) It's a rowboat. He lands it. It's like his sword, like just barely comes low motion, like almost hits Wayland. Spaces. And he grabs his side. I told you not to rock the boat. Don't rock the boat, Chess. Good to know. Hello. Good to see both of you. Hi. Nice to see you too. Can we go? Uh, shh. Yeah, sure. All right. It's got one raise left. I'm spending another danger point. That eel is screeching in pain. Yeah, well, that eel's a bitch, so... Mm. There's blood that just trails all around it. And it shakes violently. And now there are six little mounds of leeches. And these are bigger. These are about the size of your arm. God damn it. All right. Round two. Round two. Ready, fight! Don't look at me in that tone of voice. If I have gained any reputation, it is that I am the queen of cliffhangers. And I wear my crown with pride. Thank you. Next time, it's round two of leeches. And hopefully they get out of the swamp. Until then, be safe and well.